Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. What a guest we have today. Now, apologies about the delay in getting this episode to your lovely ears, but to make up for it, there will be two episodes this month. And the twist is that both of the episodes will feature an Irish pop goddess called Una. But more about that later. If you enjoy this show, there are a number of ways in which you can show your support. The very least is to leave a five-star review on iTunes, which will help other people find us. Also, you can go to headstuffpodcasts.com and subscribe to Headstuff+. Plus. For as little as €5 a month, you can get bonus episodes of Fascinated that won't appear on this free feed. And you can also get bonus material for each episode. For example, with this episode, you can log on and you can watch the interview instead of just listening. Or you can check out some bonus episodes like the one with Shane Byrne, who produced The Big Reunion, or the track-by-track review of Sean Smith's new album. You'll also get access to bonus material for all of the other shows on the Headstuff Network, like this new one. And have a listen to this. You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Head Radio podcast looks at the humble scene in the backward place where no one important ever looks to steal from Patrick Havner. Taking inspiration from the hedge schools of old, the Head Radio podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. You need imagination for everything. Have a listen to this. It's someone's reaction to reading a book. But now, sit back, relax, and enjoy one of the loveliest people in pop. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. My guest today is Una Healy. Una Healy is Irish pop royalty. Together with Frankie Bridge, Rochelle Hume, Molly King and Vanessa White, Una was a part of the pop phenomenon, The Saturdays. Una was born to Anne and John Healy, a nurse and doctor from Thurlis in County Tipperary in Ireland. And her uncle is Irish country music star Declan Nearney. Una knew very early on that she wanted to be a singer, but it took a while for her to pursue it. She tried nursing and teaching before she finally committed to chasing her dreams. After spending some time in bands, none of which worked out, she finally released her first solo EP called Sorry back in 2006. The EP was sold through CD Baby and Una got a big kick out of sending her CDs to far-flung places. But little did she know that within two years, she would be selling massive amounts of records all over the world. If I could, I'd change everything. I'd take back the words I In 2007, she saw an ad looking for a female singer for a girl band. After a lengthy audition process, Una landed a part in the group. But this girl band was no ordinary girl band. The group was being put together by Peter Lorraine, a former editor of Top of the Pops magazine, who just happened to have become a music manager and was the man behind Girls Aloud. In fact, the first job that the Saturdays had was to open for Girls Aloud on their Tangled Up tour. It was the first glimpse for the Saturdays of the craziness that lay ahead. 
While still on tour with Girls Aloud, the Saturdays released their debut single, If This Is Love, which sampled the Yazoo song, Situation. It was the second highest new entry behind Katy Perry's I Kissed A Girl and it reached number four in the UK charts. The Saturdays were on their way. They followed If This Is Love with another smash hit, Up. Followed by Issues, and both were certified silver. When their debut album Chasing Lights was released, it went straight into the top 10 and was certified platinum. Just after the release of the album, they recorded a cover version of the Depeche Mode track Just Can't Get Enough for comic relief. The final release from the album was Work, and the Saturdays hit the road to do just that on their work tour. While still on tour, the girls began recording the follow-up album Word Shaker. They released the first song from the new album called Forever Is Over and it was rumoured that Pink also wanted the song. The song hit number two and was followed by another smash hit, Ego. Then in a strange departure, rather than take another track from the album, they released a new eight track EP filled with new material called Headlines. Over the next two years, two more albums followed, On Your Radar and All Fired Up. At this point, the Saturdays were averaging an album a year and heavily promoting single releases. In 2011, they completed the Headlines tour and immediately announced another arena tour for later in the year. They ended 2011 on the crest of a wave. In 2012, the Saturdays turned their attention to America and signed an American deal with Island, Def Jam and Mercury. Una also gave birth to her first baby and immediately began shooting their reality series, Chasing the Saturdays. The series debuted on the E! Network the following year. In 2013, they had their fourth top 10 album and they kept their UK plate spinning with their first number one single, What About Us. It had been quite a roller coaster, and in 2014, the Saturdays released their greatest hits and completed their last tour and said goodbye. Since then, Una has presented on numerous primetime and daytime TV shows in Ireland and in the UK. In 2017, she returned to the studio to make her debut solo album, The Waiting Game, and released a duet with Sam Palladio from the Nashville series. She also has her own show on Bauer Media's country hit station. In 2019, she released Never See Me Cry, the first of a new batch of songs, which was remixed by Seventh Heaven. She has followed that with a stream of singles from a yet-to-be-released second solo album. During lockdown, she moved from London back home to Ireland and released Until You and her brand new song, Swear It Again. This is the fabulous Una Healy. And if you're a subscriber to Headstuff Plus, you can head over to headstuffpodcasts.com and watch this interview. What a treat we have. About, uh, I'd say it was three weeks ago now, I had something sprung on me. I was about to do the six o'clock show on uh, Irish television. So it's the equivalent of maybe the one show in the UK. And uh, I just, before we went live, I asked the producer, I was like, oh, who are the, who are the hosts? Because I was doing it over Zoom. And they said, oh, well, it's Ray and uh, Una Healy. And I 
almost fell to the floor. You don't just spring <laughs> one of the Saturdays on a pop fan. Uh, and while we were on air, I collared her into uh, being a guest on Fascinated. And she's here uh, from her own little studio uh, in the middle of Ireland. It's Una Healy. Hello, girls. How are you? Well, not only was I sprung on you, I didn't realise that, but I sprung a question on you. So when we were checking your um, your Skype link, we are just kind of a bit of chit-chat. So I was like, and Ray said to you, favourite Saturday song? Not realising that you might have been a Saturday fan. I had no clue either. And you were like, <laughs> and you, you said, no, this was a, a, a true sign that you were a true fan. You said, Crashing Down, you know, the cover of the Nolan Sisters. Um, <laughs> it was a B-side. I was so impressed with that. I was like, he definitely knows his Saturday. Yeah. I'm an OG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us, how have you been? Ah, yeah, this year. Which which year is it? Um, I know. Good. I mean, I'm, I'm good and I'm happy now. I'm, I've moved back to Ireland. I, used to, I was living in the UK for like 12 years. Um, you know, I moved over because of the Saturdays and everything. Um, but I decided to come back um, after the first lockdown last year. I said, I want to be home. I want to be around my family. I've got two little kids and stuff. So it was important to be back with the support around them. And um, and everything. So we're back now, and I live in Thurles, my my hometown where I grew up. Kids are going to the same school that I went to, so it's oh, all very wow. familiar. In Ireland, I think when you, I think it's different to anywhere else in the world because when you go home, you're just that person. You're not, no matter what you've done, or you know, mm-hmm. you're just it's yeah, back exactly. to the family. Um. So what was it like returning to everything after the big success of the Saturdays and the solo album? It must have been very strange. It's kind of. Um very normal for me really because I I I love coming home and I always called Ireland home and when I come back here to Thurles like every Easter every summer every Christmas you know I, I never really felt like I left because I was over and back so much so it isn't really like as if I've been away all these years and I'm back and people are like going oh look at that one she went off and became this concert and now look at her back <laughs> yeah. here you know, it's <laughs> it's not cringe or embarrassing. I'm I'm happy because I've always said that Thurles is my home, so it's not unusual at all to see to spot me around the town, and and I have have done for years. I always come home, and, and people would always see me. Still got really good friends from home as well, um, that still live here. So it's great. You know, it's lovely, and um, something really comforting about the fact that everybody that in this town that knows me, they know me from old, they know me from growing up with me, and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So it's actually really nice, and and um. Yeah, it just feels great. Yeah, I love it. So when you left, you had just, you'd released your EP, Sorry, um, mm. on CD Baby, and you were, oh, yeah. you were gigging around, you were, you know, a singer-songwriter. So how did the Saturdays begin? Well, I yeah, I was gigging around Ireland and around Dublin. I was living in Dublin, actually, at the time, um, and I had my EP of five original songs, and I was following, you know, the singer-songwriter path at the time. Um, but like I would never rule out anything to do with music because I love performing, I love singing, love entertaining, um, love being on stage. So when I saw an audition in London for a girl band, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to chance it and see what happens. Um, I had auditioned for loads of things in the past. Like I auditioned for like the Irish pop stars and a few other things like that. No way. So, yeah, like I, so alongside, so that, that was like before then I went out on the road and was gigging in pubs and, and clubs. Yeah and everywhere like I was I was probably singing next to your dinner table somewhere in <laughs> years yeah I was throwing in the corner like with the guitar you know yeah. <laughs> people were like I remember you like I got yeah. lots of people saying that like I remember you used to gig like in the pub at the corner I'm like yeah or else like yeah I had a residency in like a few different hotels around Ireland too you know so I was at that for a few years before I decided to be in a girl band but um I was just like it was a bit of a no-brainer to like go for it anyway see what happens and without any high expectations I was like probably won't get into this 
but it, yeah, it just happened to be the best audition. Probably that these auditions don't come around often, you know. You hear, yeah, yeah, they are advertised like it was advertised. It was advertised online. I found it on a, a website. Can't remember which one. It was one of those. Like, I think I think it might even have been the same one that the Spice Girls was on. It was like the stage. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, and I just saw it, and I and I just um emailed them and uh, found out the time and the place to be. It was actually first first audition was in a place called the Spice of Life in um near Covent Garden and oh, then yeah, the second yeah. one was in a little little downstairs in a club in in Soho and uh across from a sex shop I just remember that <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a queue out the door and every time we go back after lunch I was kind of looking across at the shop kind of getting embarrassed nearly uh <laughs> and then um yeah and then the third audition was which one was that oh then then we went into um Brian Higgins' studio to record like um, vocals he used to do all of Girls Aloud stuff um, and I think I remember seeing Girls Aloud having their lunch there that that day they were <laughs> lives like in Kent yeah and they were like sitting on a bench outside having lunch and, and it was summertime it's just looking out and going oh my god imagine being like them <laughs> you know yeah yeah I just thought there was such superstars which they are and they were but like yeah it was just like it was surreal that's how I felt absolutely um, and then um, just went in I was like I'm here in this place like where they record all their hits um, and then called back and then it was back to the last audition, the final one. I was flying over and back now from Ireland, funding myself, like it was costing a fortune because. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like the flight, they, they weren't obviously paying for my flights over and back. And I just said, because the rest of the girls were all from London, so they only had to pop in and out and they were still living at home. But for me, it was costing, you know, a couple of grand. Yeah, to yeah. And to this stage, and I was putting myself <laughs> up in holiday, holiday inns and travel lodges and all sorts. You know, <laughs> Lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, flying solo over and back. Um, but I, they said, no, it's worth your while. You're down to the last seven. And I was thinking, can you imagine like being oh god two that don't get in? Like, and I was like, I was like, imagine now that would be me. But luckily, <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> but luckily, I did get in, and I was down to then finally down to the last five, and we met at Universal where we went shared a lift up, and we all looked at each other and said, "This must be one, two, three, four, five. This is it." Yeah. So wow. Yeah, but it was a long old process. Yeah, it went on all summer actually. Fifteen years ago this summer now that was. Wow. Yeah. Can't My God, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel so... like that because no. uh, yesterday I listened to the greatest hits. I just go through all the singles. It was really weird because the Saturdays came at a really strange time in music where it was a real post 90s pile on really like there was so much mm. dance and there was rap and you know, and even with the Saturday single, they move in styles. Like there's so many, you did yeah, so many different did. styles of music. We did, like. exactly right. Like I was actually just listening um, to, was it Missing You the other day? And I was like, that's like, that could be released now. That was a, that was a quite a, um, I, I think, very modern sound. And it had a bit of, R it was quite R&B, I would say, dance, like sort of slow dance. Yeah, then, yeah. Then we had elements of like pure, pure bubblegum pop, like say Disco Love. And yeah. Then, and then we had the like more dancey, like all fired up. That's that's a, a, an EDM, like electric dance music. Like that's that's proper. Yeah. And then um, and then we had like the, the the ballads, like issues that are just just complete pop ballad. Um, and yeah, so, like there was there was a bit of everything in there. We sort of covered all the genres under under the umbrella of pop music. But it was like yeah. those are different subdivisions in there. Um, and then, of course, like because I was the one with the guitar, then I loved bringing along. Yeah. And anytime we had the opportunity to do anything acoustic, I had the guitar with me. So that side of it was never alienated for me, which I liked and enjoyed. But it was lovely, like, to experience being in a in a group like that, though, for me. Yeah. Being our yeah. hauling the, the guitar around, looking the guitar and the PA system around the country. I had enough of that, you know. 
you set your time you yeah. paid your dues there's yeah, no yeah. more no more singing when people are eating yeah, <laughs> yeah or drinking enough. or whatever they're at yeah. yeah yeah although yeah no I did a few more I remember doing a few um you know open mic sessions like as well back in the day and that was another one where you could sit down and order a meal to watch the you know unsigned acts perform and then they used to dot like a and r's in around the room and i remember actually the, the one of the times i did that the a and r actually ended up being our a and r and literally i could see him walking out the door someone pointed him out to me saying that lad over there his name is jordan he's an a and r and i was like where's he going oh he's going he's going home he'd already seen the one he wanted to see and he he didn't hang around for me so i was like no. oh <laughs> yeah it's so it's so heartbreaking and how long does it take when you you know when you you've scored the place in the band and then you realize the band is going to be successful because you started touring with Girls Aloud, didn't you? So yeah. you saw what there was to play for, really. Oh, yeah. Well, it was just exciting. I, I knew there was some there was something really special about it. The fact that the, there was the five of us that got on really well. And I just the, every girl was so individual and different and fun and, and like talented that I felt this 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 can't go wrong now with the right songs, you know? Yes. Luckily. We got the demos. We got these, uh, had a, a disc. Um, and I remember I used to put it into my car and drive all that summer of 2007. I remember like just listening to them and thinking, which was a lot of them ended up being on our first album, Chasing Lights. Um, and I just thought these, these are all hits. Like, you know, yeah. I just can't wait to record them and, and for people to hear them. Cause I, I'd be a fan of it. Cause it's just, it's just, yeah, it's pure pop really at the end of the day. The first yeah. album was very, very pop. And I think it was around the time our single, our first single came out at the same time as Katy Perry with um, I Kissed a Girl. So there was, I think Pop was back. Yeah, time. it was. There was a bubblegum era mm. just right right in the middle of the, t- yeah. of the 2000s. Um, it was cool again, you know. Um, and uh, how, long does it, how long does it take to feel safe in something like that? Because you know at the start, you're like, oh God, this could, this could fall apart or, you know, are we going to get dropped? How long yeah, does it take it. before you really feel safe? Well, we didn't really like it took ages like to even know if it was even happening. Like we didn't sign the deal for a, for a while. Like, when we recorded quite a few of the the singles before the even we even signed anything. So I wasn't I'd learned the hard way from before where I got into a couple of different groups and was telling everyone around town, oh, I'm in the new blah, blah, blah band. And everyone's like, Did you hear that new Louis Walsh band to put together? Ooh, isn't that? And it's, you know, but it actually wasn't Louis that put it together with someone he knew. <laughs> and okay. like, rumors like that go around and you'd be all excited about it and telling everyone. And then it never happens. You just feel, I know I've learned to keep my mouth shut now until it's actually happening. I'm on that stage or whatever. I'm not going to say anything. So I kept it really, really quiet, actually. Um, and then um, what else? Because it took it took a while to actually realize then that there was that there was an Irish girl in the Saturdays because that wasn't yeah. immediate. I think it was I think it was after Up, really. Oh right, yeah. So Up, because yeah, we we had a if this is love and then Up, the blue tights. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The color code. Yeah, I love that. We were all like a different color. We swapped around though. We didn't stick to the one color. And then JLS kind of. I think they kind of copied us as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I remember thinking that at the time. Yeah, yeah, because because Rochelle said, oh, Marvin was green and I was green. And if this is love, I said, yeah, but then you were purple in in, in up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was green and up. That's the question. No, there wasn't actually any green and up. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, did, the, so, yeah, you know, it, I just had a good feeling about it because we uh, had great songs. I think that was and, and the girls were lovely. and We all got on and had fun. And then it was a great opportunity to support Girls Aloud because to get out in front of that audience before they went on. You know, that was a, it was a real, yeah. really good, good audience for us. So I think that um, that really and then I remember our first ever gig. Oh, I'm so nervous. And we still actually have some footage of like um, the behind the scenes. I guess it was before 
Instagram or stories or anything like that but we had like a few quite a few sessions with and a guy was coming around and filming us and that so it's great to have them and we were all so nervous I just remember like our heart, my, leg, my legs shaking me and Molly especially we're going on about the legs being so shaky okay. before going on at GAY in um in London was our first gig Oh, and now, now they're a tough crowd. No, they all, they always em- embraced us and everything. But you know, you want to impress. Oh, of course, like, yeah, yeah. Went out there, and we were, I was just so, so nervous. But um, yeah, it went well. So I think that, like, yeah, that went down well. And then we went on to do the Girls Aloud tour, and then we had our, our first single, "If This Is Love," and and that went that went well. But it was up actually that I think that was where it all kind of began really for us. Um, that was. I always think those songs that you could lift it out of any. You could lift it out of any era and put it into any other era and it still survives intact. You just go, oh yeah, yeah, that works. And Up is really one of those songs. Yeah, I love Up. And there's a great remix of it as well. The, the Wide Boys. They have a oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. I used to love that one before we'd go on stage um, on tour, like when the music would come on. It's like, oh, so cool. Get real, literally all fired up for going on stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what was it? How long did it take them before you realize, okay, we're phenomenally successful. Like, when did you actually embrace that? Or do you embrace it when you're in the middle of it? Not really, because we just were on the go all the time. Like, we were releasing a single almost every three months, you know, which is unheard of really now. Although Dua Lipa does it. She does have a single out nearly every three months. And you think about it, not doing the promo that goes along with it. We were doing the same promo trail the whole time, like literally going around. We're like little hamsters in the wheel going around all the time. Yeah, yeah. Passing the same things, doing the same circuits, you know, so... Um, it never stopped and you, you, we didn't really get a chance to stop and be like oh we're so successful we just worked really hard you know like it, yeah um, I didn't really ever stop I remember even Emma Bunton said we were like saying oh have you any advice and she said just like sometimes it is a bit of a roller coaster but just you know take a minute to just appreciate it and, and step back from it and go wow this is amazing and I remember even Kim, Kimberly Walsh as well saying oh you know I'd love to be back I just would love to be you girls like back at the beginning starting to get to do it all over again so that's lovely you know that is lovely nice. yeah tell they obviously really loved it you know um so I was like yeah that's nice advice to pre- really feel like you really appreciate it too and and I always did because I struggled for so many years before I got in the group like that was my big break and it was almost like a relief like when people say what are the pressures of being in a girl band for me it was it was like a it was like a, a pressure relief Release. Okay. It's like it was a. Like, <sighs> okay, you finally it's got never it. Gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so when I got that, I was like, "Oh, it's so good! I'm so lucky!" And I knew I was really lucky because I'd know I, I knew the amount of girls out there that would do anything to get to be in my position. You know, so very lucky. But you were, but you were phenomenally talented as well. I mean, it's very important that it, it always becomes the um, it's it's kind of the benchmark is everybody's really really talented, but that level of talent is exceptional to get oh, there in the first you. place yeah, yeah I mean I, I, sure, actually, yeah, I just suppose like you know I, f- I felt ready for it when I did that's why I think when I auditioned that I wasn't I didn't go in without you know ex- expectations or anything I just said well if it's not this it would be something else there is something else out there for me I always felt that I'll find the right thing you know and um I was very positive about that yeah yeah um that, I, that it would would come along but it's, it's just a tough old road, though, I have to say. You have to prepare yourself for so many disappointments and knocks along the way because there's just loads of ca- carrots being dangled. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's right. always the same. I think anything mm. that's creative, mm. you get. And also you get, I think, uh, even with writing as well, it's like, well, you know, this TV show could go, could you just write the script and then we'll see. And you're like, well, yeah. I'm not paid to write the script. You know, like it's... Yeah, exactly. Oh, the so- oh yeah, it's very similar. It, it, the whole entertainment industry is like that. Yeah, really is. There's, there's, there's so many highs and lows 
And there's not too many in betweens either. Do you know what I mean? I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing yeah. Oh, oh, on the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's always like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things I didn't realize about you was before the Saturdays, you you have a little Eurovision story. You were you were a backing singer in Eurovision. Yeah, I was. I in, never um, knew that. Two thousand six. How many years ago was that? I was just, what to think? Uh, yeah, back in two thousand six um, in Athens, I was. Uh, Back and vocalist uh, for Brian Kennedy and um, every song's a cry for love. I so, remember. Um, we went out there and had a great time. Came tenth overall, which was great. So obviously we went through the the semifinals and uh, had a, an amazing week. It was a lovely, brilliant song actually. So um, and he did it great. Like sure, his voice is is, an un, is unreal. And the um, Fran and Paula were the other two back and vocalists. So it was just us. and then uh, Callum McCall. He was on guitar. Kirsty's brother. And uh, he was a musical director. So it was just a kind of quite a small team of us. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. Is that something you ever consider doing yourself? Because I know that like Ireland would just go bananas first. <laughs> oh, I love Eurovision. You know, I, I've always been a big fan growing up and I watched it every year. And I remember even the golden years of when we used to be like neck and neck with the UK. I, I was like, yeah. And, and oh, we're going to win it again this year. I hope not because, we're, well, not not us as, as, you know, the public, but I'm sure the country was thinking, can we afford this again? Next yeah, I know. Year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, oh, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm friends with Neve Cavanagh, actually, and it is bizarre to, because she grew up around the corner from me. So we mm. she, there's 10 years between us, but I insisted on being friends with her because she's the Eurovision winner. And I was yeah, like, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, anywhere we go, the people that like it's so bizarre the stories that people tell her about the night she won it's kind of like this little point in time and it's so strange and people get so upset and everything like I remember Mm. going to the cinema with her once and on the way out of the cinema this guy came up to her and then started chatting to her and then burst into tears in the middle of it and I was just like does that happen up and she's like yeah kind of (laughs) 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 it means so much to them like the prize yeah I think it's no. the not. I think it's the year. It's, it's the they remember when they were watching us. They remember yeah. who was with them, and maybe that person is here now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a very nostalgic time. I think. Well, I don't know if it's because of whatever it is for you, whatever, however old anyone is. There's always a, a period of nostalgia in your life that you'll always look back so fondly on. And for me, it would be kind of the '90s as well. I'd say. Yeah. That '90s of being a teenager and all that. Like I, I just get that gives me pure nostalgia, and, and as with the '90s too, I suppose. But yeah, I know. I remember like in a, yeah, watching the Eurovision growing up and every year, loving the glamour of like whoever was hosting it and watching all the different countries and, you know, guessing who'd win. And oh, I used to love it. Yeah. And um, would you think it's, would you ever consider it? I don't know. Maybe actually. Yeah. I wouldn't say no, you know, that way. Like it's, um, well, I wouldn't say never, should I say. Um, but it all, again, it would all depend on the song. You have to get yeah, yeah. real amazing banger of a song or a huge amazing ballad do you know this yeah. have to be unbelievable like it's something yeah I, w- I wouldn't do it unless I felt I had the right song you know so yeah if, if I if I write a song that I feel is is for the Eurovision like I, I would maybe do that but I just my, my music at the minute isn't really I don't know if it's very Eurovision-esque really uh, we have to talk about your music at the minute because I have to say I um I loved your first album I absolutely oh, loved you. it. I, it was absolutely fantastic because that was, um, it was weird because I was a real pop fan in the 90s. Uh, and then towards the, uh, around the time of the Saturdays, I was veering off 
into like yeah. uh, I loved Jan Arden or Amanda Marshall or people oh, like yeah. that. Um, oh god, they're just amazing. It's like all the kind of singer songwriters as well. And yeah, I love that that sort of sound. Rocky. We say that we say country for your music, but you're the waiting game. That's a rock album, like yeah, it's a kind of. You know, I I saw so many crossovers as well, like going on there with my, with my music, you know, folk, country, pop. Yeah, singer, songwriter. Um, it's just a bit of everything. I compose like my music usually on the guitar or comes in, into my head and I just like dictate down the melody and write the lyrics afterwards. And, you know, so um, I think if a song if it can stand alone on its own with just the guitar, like that's the, the bones of it has to be right, you know, first. And yeah. that's, that's how I write really from, I start from the bottom. I don't, I don't write over, really over tracks or anything. I write organically like that, you know? So the sound is a little bit, there is a, you know, a bit of country in there, I guess, from my influences, my uncle Declan Ernie, who's a country singer in, in Ireland, is, um, he, he would have influenced me very, a lot growing up. So listening to that kind of music and, and I do just love the, the, um, the, the rawness of country music is very like so all the storytelling and the mel- very melodic and the hook. I always like to write a good, strong hook in the yeah. voice and very emotional because I'd be quite an emotional person anyway. So it's <laughs> what I yeah. like to write about feelings, you know? <laughs> well, that's country music. Like it's, you know, yeah. it's heartbreak, you know, it's. Yeah. So about being either in love or, or falling out of it or just, yeah. They're the best songs though. The best yeah. songs are the ones that rip your heart out. Yeah, exactly. Or you, that you listen to them and go, oh, that's my, do you literally, word for word, you think, yeah. me, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and you, you always have a go-to one when you're not feeling great. I put stick that one on, or when you're all loved up, you're like, ooh, and you'd be like, listen to yeah, exactly <laughs> happy ones, happy, happy in love, you know. So there's something for everyone in, in that, and then there's a lot of them about you know drinking whiskey and beer and stuff um, as well. But I'm no, sitting I, on the I porch, sitting on the front porch with a can, watching the world go by, watching know? the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Do um, you um the are we going to get a second album? Because you, yeah. you've released a few singles, and I have to say the um, the "Until You" one blew me away when oh, I heard that. Oh, thank That's you! A fabulous song, and your new one is brilliant as well. Swear it again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I, I, you know they they have that. You can hear the influence. I guess I love Cheryl Crow. You know, in the nineties. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she would have yeah. been my my big inspiration uh, when I heard her first, and um, yeah, I loved all those singer songwriters as well. Females were very. I was hugely inspired by. I love Shania Twain and Trisha Yearwood. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Trisha Yearwood is amazing. Yeah. Do you remember Jewel? Do you remember that's yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That. The Honesty Room. Yeah. So, yeah, they were kind of my influences growing up and stuff. So, um, yeah. No, I just like to write good music and a good song. And sometimes I feel like I I, I knew with Swear It Again, even though it was demoed, um, very just laid back and quiet with just a piano. I then in my head had all the production, so I went and took it to the same producer actually that produced Until You and I explained to him exactly how I wanted it to sound and he helped me create that. So it was lovely to do Brilliant. that. You know? um, so yeah, no, I want to keep writing. Uh, as I said, I can't wait till we can actually write in person again. Um, I actually wrote recently with a lady. Uh, we did a, we did my first Zoom writing session and it was lovely, but I just feel like I really want to be in the room. With yeah, her. yeah. So we're going to try and write again soon, um, but actually in, in person instead. Um, I can't wait and hopefully in, in another album and to tour with that. I can't wait to get back out in front of an audience. Yeah, well, oh, me too. Yeah, I'm just really, it's hard to do a gig over online. Oh, it's really hard. Oh. I've done a few of them. Like, I find this year, like one of my friends uh, said, okay, let's do a Zoom gig for a couple of weeks, like just to get, so we can write yeah. for them. 
Um, and I find because it's been so long since we've done real gigs, you kind of go, actually, yeah, they're good. They're, you know, you yeah. start to feel it gets the juices going, but it just makes you want the audience more. Yeah. And we just kind of have to just, we, we have to make do with what we have at the minute. <clears throat> but yeah, definitely. I, I reckon now in a year's time, we'll be back out again. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a new, so you, you reckon there's going to be a new Una Healy album. It's, yeah, it's on the cards. So. Yeah, yeah. What well, once I get like you said, like we were saying, one of your friends who's um writing an album, you kind of want to have enough songs that you go, I want to put a song on. I, I like to do an album of like that every song could be a single. That's like you need brilliant. To, yeah, yeah. I don't want to just put um album fillers on there. I want all like like maybe 12, 10 to twelve songs of all of each that I would that I would say I, I could release that as a single. You know, so until well, I, you can always spot. Yeah. You can always spot the fillers. Like you can always go, oh, that you was can, the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really Here's a B-side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, some of our B-sides, like you said, were, were, were well, The Saturdays, they didn't stick the, the B-sides were brilliant. They were absolutely yeah. brilliant. And lots of, lots of people know the B-sides as well, which I'm always impressed with too. Like um, we had um, Wildfire. They loved that one. And Lady oh, yeah. Killer and uh, Flashback. Um, yeah, a few more. We wrote them as well. I remember being in all the writing sessions for them. I noticed actually as well, and this is the thing that I hate about music that's online now, is that mm. you don't get the inlay book so you can get to go oh, through, yeah. you know, like, lyrics. I, but that, yeah. I only found out recently that you, uh, you wrote a song with Lucy Silvis for the, yeah. um, for, on the Radar album. And yeah. I love, oh, I love her. Last call, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wrote that one. Oh, I great song. That would be a long, long time ago now. Because actually, Last Call would be, I remember when I wrote that with her, I was thinking to myself, this is so kind of like the kind of song I'd release now myself. If yeah. Solo stuff. But I, w- I was in nowhere near ready or wanting to go solo then. Like, you know, when people feel maybe the, uh, that individuals might have notions of going solo. I never did. I was loving every minute of being in that group. And, oh, you know, yeah. You know, why would you want to be on your own when you can have the fun with the girls and doing all being a pop star? Like, why? you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No, I didn't want to go solo, but I was thinking to myself, I can imagine now one day this will be me now. This is the kind of music that I'll. Um, so it was lovely the fact that we were, that's how versatile I guess the Saturdays were. We, we did, you know, we could sing songs like that too. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, you you were all such great singers. Like, no matter what you sang on, you, you were absolutely brilliant. Like, yeah, you, everyone was so would, different as well. It would be unforgivable, I think, if I didn't ask. Uh, is there any chance for Saturday's reunion? I hope so. Yeah, like I think everybody would love to see it happen. Um, I'm not sure now how the girls feel right now. It's just a very difficult time to even think about it. But I'd love to do it again. Yeah. So it would be br- and it would be so successful as well. I mean, I that, think that's like nice. It's that whole nostalgia thing. Like I was saying, we need to wait until there's enough nostalgia um, there for the crowd to. Watch. Yeah, of course. You know? yeah, I can't have like some, some people going. Do you still like the Saturdays, GA? Yeah. Like that. It has to be like I still love them and be like completely yeah. unashamedly there, front row. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you move to guilty pleasure. Yeah, guilty, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, when you're we're guilty of pleasure and you're and you're like completely everyone's fine about it, you know, it's it's not guilty anymore. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, I wanted to ask you about because I heard this on another podcast that you did, uh, and it's it, I nearly fell to the floor because it was something that I did years and years ago. Um, mm. and that was that when you you used to write songs, you would write the lyrics or, and record them and send them to yourself in Ireland. Yeah. I did that. I did that as well. Did you, and, do that as well? <laughs> did you do that for? Did you write songs? Oh, I wouldn't call them songs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was some dog name. shit. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> 
<laughs> like they were, and I, I never, like I never sang onto tapes. Like you were, oh, you could do that. Yeah, no, I was recording there. onto the tape. Yeah. <laughs> what I used to do was I'd write, I'd write the lyrics and I'd write the chords. Oh, did you? <laughs> okay. Oh, that was so weird. like like whole verse C. Yeah. <laughs> How would you be able to stand up in court though? Like if someone was recorded that song, going, I wrote that, and it was in C as well. I'm telling you, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, there was nobody robbing those songs. No, no, there, no, there, were... <laughs> there was no fear of it anyway. And there was so like you know that teenage angst mood. It's so dark. Like the stuff oh, that you're yeah. writing. I wrote very dark stuff as well. I had one called um, "Are You Human." Oh, can, I, can I tell you some of the lyrics? Right. So it was like this. Yeah. Are you a human, a human being, a living Satan? It's all that I see. What kind of future can you breathe with such an evil, evil disease? Oh, my yeah. I wrote that when I was 15. It's like, wow. Tell me like an angry beast that had no feet. And, and, and you, uh, yeah, you turn around like I was doing wrong. Well, really, I did nothing at all. Yeah, I just remember, yeah. Oh, Are wow. you a human, a human being? A living Satan is all that I see. I remember that. Oh, <laughs> and it was like, dun, 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 dun. like the, the, the demo that I did, I had like proper heavy metal uh, back. back in wow. Oh, I wrote a lot of that angst stuff. And then I wrote another one called You Lie. Um, and the, yeah, all sorts. Yeah, my brilliant. Team, I loved it. I love when you feel all these feelings for the first time, though, like the emotions. Like, yeah, it's so like it's so visceral, and and also you feel like there's nobody else feeling those feelings. Yeah, you're like it just it just feels like it's just you in it on your them. own. Yeah, and you'll never feel them as intense again. That's the thing. Um, it's a great time to write, and for anyone. You know, people that start writing a bit later in life, it's like if you, it's so much more fun to start younger when you're feeling and you actually you're just your heart is pouring out with all these feelings. So you just want to get them out, you know, because it doesn't yeah. ever come out as much, you know, as you live your life. It's never the same. So you're kind of rewriting the same song several times. Like, you know, there is only a certain amount of songs you can write about, like like the whole. Yeah. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, I'm falling. Out, oh, don't know anymore kind of thing. Or, oh, this is not right. Um, or oh I miss you it's just there's only a few yeah. sort of, like different angles you can get at what, about love because that's what yeah, it's yeah. about you know so um, you just have to rewrite it every time so but it's for the, for the first ones are great crack though yeah <laughs> yeah it's brilliant because it just it's all of this horror just pours yeah. into you but you were saying like you have to like that was how you, you copy to copyright a song you had to send it to yourself and seal it and um, send it register post um, and then on on don't open it just in case someone else yes. your proof no in this envelope contains that song that you've stolen on me <laughs> and I proof and then like the judge would open it up and go um, yeah it has, it's definitely sealed <laughs> I, I find in favor of Una Healy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whereas now you can just like literally uh, email it to yourself in one go like do a voice yeah that's it because it's proof that it was sent like I'm sure that's probably the way. Or well, you, you you then register it onto your whoever you're. It's great with. though because you always knew. That's what I love. That's what I love about your story, and I love it. I love it when people make it, but I love it when people that really wanted to make it as well. Yeah. Oh well, just always wanted to to succeed. I'm a very determined person. I and I was always quite competitive as a child. You know, when I swam as a, a young child, um, I had the ambition to be the, the fastest swimmer. Yeah, in, in Ireland and, and I, I achieved that when I was only nine so oh, amazing yeah so I was like that was that that is what I said I said it to my mother when I was getting dressed because we'd go swimming every single day and I was training really hard I said I'm going to be the fastest in Ireland <laughs> you know you just have to be I think you have to have that bit of com competitiveness yeah. and, you know I think you if you don't have it every, yeah it's never no matter what talent you have you don't make it 
No, yeah. And it wasn't like I want to be better at most. It's just I want to be the fastest that I can. That I, I want to go the fastest I can go. And because within me, I believed, I guess, I believed in myself, you know, and I believed I can do this because I, I knew I loved it and just wanted to do the best that I could. And then if you, that's how you do it. But you have to put the work in as well, you know. Well, it's been amazing to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it was so too. good to chat to you. Um, brilliant. And best of luck with the new stuff. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to getting back out. and I'm looking forward to normality again. To I can't wait to go yeah. to a gig. I can't, I like, I absolutely yeah. can't wait. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait to go see you live. Oh, no, um, I will. I'll be, I'll be back as soon as I can. I'm going to be back out. And the same for yourself. I'm looking forward to seeing you live. As oh, well. yeah. We can swap and enjoy. We can leave our troubles at the door and watch well, each other. Yeah. Next time I'm in, because um, I'm playing Thurlis. What's the name of the place? The uh, Source. Uh, no. Uh, oh, oh, Source. Yeah. I've played the yeah. sort of world of times. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, well, whenever you're, well, I'll, I'll look out for you anyway. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, it's usually, you know, just don't, don't worry about tickets. There'll be plenty of seats. Oh, no. I'm a half full room in Thailand, believe me. <laughs> <laughs>